you gals done with your Christmas shopping yet? No. <laughs> I haven't really started. I started. I'm doing a lot online. Yeah, yeah. me too. Mm-hmm. And keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That sounds good. And the wrapping at three in the morning before, night before, we're doing that again. Oh, I'm sure I will be. <laughs> it's easier now that my kids are older. I don't have like to hide things as much. Right. You know. Yeah. 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 But still put the cookies and the milk out. Oh, yeah. Do you really? Do oh, you yeah. do that? Yeah. We still do. Yeah, I still do it. Oh, For I'm Santa. Wait, when we, oh, ooh, sorry, Santa. And then what we wind up eating them, actually. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the MRS Musings Podcast. Today we're talking about gift giving. So do you guys, um, do you make a list or how do you decide what to get whom or? Sometimes in a, like a theme will come to me oh. early on. And so I'll start thinking, you know, family in Arizona will have this theme. This oh, group will cool. have this theme. Um, with my son, it's always more is better. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of little things, Mm -hmm. whereas for my daughter, she'd rather have better things and fewer of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 How about you? I think gift cards are also getting more popular because my girls kind of like to choose stuff for themselves. Yes. Yeah. My older daughter does. I think I'm going to probably go to a vintage store because she likes vintage-y stuff, one-of-a-kind type items. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, throughout the years, sometimes I haven't piece of paper in a folder and I just jot down ideas because I always forget oh that would be a good gift That's and then by the time yeah. Christmas comes it's like what was that thing I was thinking about getting yeah. you like know? today when we were sitting in the kitchen yeah. looking at the bird feeder and, yeah. and I thought oh I gotta get my mom a bird feeder for that window where she sits every day she can see yeah. the birds so that's gonna get her one of those yeah and you wrote it down you put yes. it on your phone so that you won't <laughs> because tomorrow forget. i've forgotten i know I'm, sure. exactly. I'm the same way totally yeah. totally totally i have to tell you guys about this one this just came to my mind um one year my family was in san diego and we spent christmas in san diego mm. at the beach that was a really fun mm. christmas but what my parents did is we went to this big mall and we each got an envelope of money from mom and dad the requirement was you had to spend it in two hours. Oh my Ooh. gosh, that's fun. <laughs> it was great. Fun. So you couldn't overthink and analyze. It was just like run and shop. Oh, How fun. That's a cool I idea. I got cowboy boots. Ooh. Wow. And I'm not sure what else. I don't remember what yeah. else, but the cowboy boots. You but you had to have, and then you, we all came back together and showed each other what we got for Christmas. That's so fun. That's it was cool. That's really yeah. cute. What a cute that. idea. I'd like to do that sometime with my family. Maybe yeah. even do it after Christmas, you know, when all mm-hmm. the sales and stuff mm-hmm. and just have everybody <laughs> just idea. go. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. And then they could pick what they want. Right. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's the best gift you think you ever oh, got or gave? That's hard. I mean... I know there's memorable gifts, and usually they have to do with my husband writing a piece of music for me or something, oh. or a poem. But mm-hmm. he's written me some beautiful songs through the years. Mm-hmm. So those yeah. are always special. And my yeah. girls have given me special gifts like that, too, where like 
I remember one year they gave me like a jar full of pieces of paper and each piece of paper had like I will do this or I will give you this. <laughs> uh, yes. Promises. Ooh, that's those, good. Those are always special mm-hmm. gifts. Yeah, yeah when it's are. thought out and and given yeah. and made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you guys? Well, John made me a, a prayer stool called a pray do one year, mm. just out of wood, and he used this beautiful um, pattern for the kneeler of um, upholstery material, and he made it as a surprise and. That's it's really beautiful. special. I've seen that. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I'll put a picture. I was going to say we should share yeah. the picture yeah. online. And just knowing yeah. he made it and, you know, mm-hmm. he made the pattern and it was so nice. You know, it's really it's great. I have it in my room and it's really special. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. I do remember Sophie making me um, when duct tape was all the rage. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. All the and patterns. All the patterns. <laughs> all the, every pattern. And she picked this one tape that had the British flag on it and she made this bracelet. It was actually quite amazing. Wow. But it had lots of kind of almost spikes on it. Oh my gosh. And, so, <laughs> and I wore it a ton, but I had to kind of be careful because it would hit things and kind of you, you know could use it on the subway. Oh, oh, it too. Yeah. <laughs> a weapon. But I wore that thing a lot. I have oh, to see beautiful. if I still have it. And it closed with Velcro. Oh, and, oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and she made me some jewelry one year out of um, a piece of paper and tape. Oh, so I taped wow. my jewelry on oh, my body. Yeah. Wow. Those are kind of cool gifts. Yeah. JP gave me um, some kitchen tools one year, and he wrote this hysterical limerick. It was just really clever so that was really fun to be laughed every time i used the i think it was spatulas or something i'd laugh because of the limerick you know yeah cute yeah yeah wow and as we as we talk about gifts that's one of the things that kind of fits into what we like to talk about is this creativity Mm -hmm. you know if you think about it these gifts aren't things that you know cost a fortune Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. um anything like that they were things that meant something to our hearts. Yes. And those are the things that just kind of touch you when you know that somebody has thought about you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that, and that's what does you, it. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Means so much. Well, I think we have a great story that we're going to read through that applies to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very special story about gift giving. So should we uh, tell the story, ladies? Let's do it. Yeah, great idea. The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry, published in the New York Sunday World in 1905. $1.87. That was all. And 60 cents of it was in pennies. Pennies saved one and two at a time by bulldozing the grocer and the vegetable man and the butcher until one's cheeks burned with the silent imputation of parsimony that such close dealing implied. Three times Della counted it, one dollar and eighty-seven cents, and the next day would be Christmas. There was clearly nothing to do but flop down on the shabby little couch and howl. So Della did it, which instigates the moral reflection that life is made up of sobs, sniffles, and smiles with sniffles predominating. 
While the mistress of the home is gradually subsiding from the first stage to the second, take a look at the home. A furnished flat at $8 per week. It did not exactly beggar description, but it certainly had that word on the lookout for the mendicancy squad. In the vestibule below was a letter box into which no letter would go, and an electric button from which no mortal finger could coax a ring. Also appertaining thereunto was a card bearing the name Mr. James Dillingham Young. The Dillingham had been flung to the breeze during a former period of prosperity, when its possessor was being paid $30 per week. Now when the income was shrunk to $20, though, they were thinking of seriously of contracting to a modest and unassuming D. But whenever Mr. James Dillingham Young came home and reached his flat above, he was called Jim and greatly hugged by Mrs. James Dillingham Young, already introduced to you as Della, which is all very good. Della finished her cry and attended to her cheeks with the powder rag. She stood by the window and looked out dully at a gray cat walking a gray fence in a gray backyard. Tomorrow would be Christmas Day, and she had only $1.87 with which to buy Jim a present. She had been saving every penny she could for months with this result. $20 a week doesn't go far. Expenses had been greater than she had calculated. Oh, they always are. Only $1.87 to buy a present for Jim. Her Jim. Many a happy hour she had been planning for something nice for him. Something fine and rare and sterling. Something just a little bit near to being worthy of the honor of being owned by Jim. There was a pier glass between the windows of the room. Perhaps you have seen a pier glass in an $8 flat. A very thin and very agile person may, by observing his reflection in a rapid sequence of longitudinal strips, obtain a fairly accurate conception of his looks. Della, being slender, had mastered the art. Suddenly, she whirled from the window and stood before the glass. Her eyes were shining brilliantly, but her face had lost its color within 20 seconds. Rapidly, she pulled down her hair and let it fall to its full length. Now, there were two possessions of the James Dillingham Youngs in which they both took a mighty pride. One was Jim's gold watch that had been his father's and his grandfather's. The other was Della's hair. Had the Queen of Sheba lived in the flat across the air shaft, Della would have let her hair hang out the window some way to dry just to depreciate Her Majesty's jewels and gifts. Had King Solomon been the janitor with all his treasures piled up in the basement, Jim would have pull out, pulled out his watch every time he passed just to see him pluck at his beard from envy. So now Della's beautiful hair fell about her rippling and shining like a cascade of brown waters. It reached below her knee and made itself almost a garment for her. And then she did it up again nervously and quickly. Once she faltered for a minute and stood still while a tear or two splashed on the worn red carpet. On went her old brown jacket. On went her old brown hat. With a whirl of skirts and with the brilliant sparkle still in her eyes, she fluttered out the door and down the stairs to the street. Where she stopped, the sign read, Hair goods of all kinds. One flight up, Della ran and collected herself, panting. 
Madam, large, too white, chilly, hardly looked the sophronie. Will you buy my hair? I buy hair. Take your hat off and let's have a side at the looks of it. Down rippled the brown cascade. Twenty dollars, said Madame, lifting the mass with a practiced hand. Give it to me quick. Oh, and the next two hours trip by on rosy wings. Forget the hash metaphor. She was ransacking the stores for Jim's present. She found it at last. It surely had been made for Jim and no one else. There was no other like it in any of the stores, and she had turned all of them inside out. It was a platinum fob chain, simple and chaste in design, properly proclaiming its value by substance alone and not by meretricious ornamentation, as all good things should do. It was even worthy of the watch. As soon as she saw it, she knew it must be Jim's. It was like him. Quietness and value, the description applied to both. Twenty-one dollars they took from her for it, and she hurried home with the eighty-seven cents. With that chain on his watch, Jim might be properly anxious about the time in any company. Grand as the watch was, he sometimes looked at it on the sly on account of the old leather strap that he used in place of a chain. When Della reached home, her intoxication gave way a little to prudence and reason. She got out her curling irons and lighted the gas and went to work repairing the ravages made by generosity added to love, which is always a tremendous task, dear friends, a mammoth task. Within 40 minutes, her head was covered with tiny close-lying curls that made her look wonderfully like a truant schoolboy. She looked at her reflection in the mirror long, carefully and critically. If Jim doesn't kill me before he takes a second look at me, he'll say I look like a Coney Island chorus girl. But what could I do? Oh, what could I do with a dollar and 87 cents? At seven o'clock, the coffee was made and the frying pan was on the back of the stove, hot and ready to cook the chops. Jim was never late. Della doubled the fob chain in her hand and sat on the corner of the table near the door that he always entered. Then she heard a step on the stair away down on the first flight, and she turned white for just a moment. She had a habit of saying a little silent prayer about the simplest everyday things, and now she whispered, Please, God, make him think I'm still pretty. The door opened, and Jim stepped in and closed it. He looked thin and very serious. Poor fellow. He was only 22, and to be burdened with a family... He needed a new overcoat, and he was without gloves. Jim stopped inside the door, as immovable as a setter at the scent of quail. His eyes were fixed upon Della, and there was an expression in them that she could not read, and it terrified her. It was not anger, nor surprise, nor disapproval, nor horror, nor any of the sentiments that she had been prepared for. He simply stared at her fixedly with that peculiar expression on his face. Della wriggled off the table and went for him. Jim, darling, don't look at me that way. I had my hair cut off and sold because I couldn't have lived through Christmas without giving you a present. It'll grow out again. You won't mind, will you? I just had to do it. My hair grows awfully fast. Say Merry Christmas, Jim, and let's be happy. You don't know what a nice... What a beautiful, nice gift I've got for you. You've 
cut off your hair? asked Jim laboriously, as if he had not arrived at that patent fact, yet even after the hardest mental labor. Cut it off and sold it. Don't you like me just as well, anyhow? I'm me without my hair, ain't I? Jim looked about the room curiously. You say your hair is gone? He said with an air almost of idiocy. You needn't look for it. It's sold, I tell you. Sold and gone, too. It's Christmas Eve, boy. Be good to me, for it went for you. Maybe the hairs of my head were numbered. She went on with sudden serious sweetness. But nobody could ever count my love for you. Shall I put the chops on, Jim? Out of his trance, Jim seemed quickly to wake. He enfolded his Della. For ten seconds, let us regard with discreet scrutiny some inconsequential object in the other direction. Eight dollars a week or a million a year, what is the difference? A mathematician or a wit would give you the wrong answer. The Magi brought valuable gifts, but that was not among them. This dark assertion will be illuminated later on. Jim drew a package from his overcoat pocket and threw it upon the table. Don't make any mistake, Dell, about me. I don't think there's anything in the way of a haircut or a shave or shampoo that can make me like my girl any less. But if you'll unwrap that package, you may see why you had me going a while at first. White fingers and nimble tore at the string and paper, and then an ecstatic scream of joy, and then, alas, a quick feminine change to hysterical tears and wails, necessitating the immediate employment of all the comforting powers of the lord of the flat. For there lay the combs, the set of combs, side and back, that Della had worshipped long in a Broadway window. Beautiful combs, pure tortoise shell with jeweled rims, just the shade to wear in the beautiful vanished hair. They were expensive combs, she knew, and her heart had simply craved and yearned over them without the least hope of possession. And now they were hers, but the tresses that should have adorned the coveted adornments were gone. But she hugged them to her bosom, and at length, she was able to look up with dim eyes and a smile and say, My hair grows so fast, Jim. And then Della leaped up like a little singed cat and cried, Oh, oh! Jim had not yet seen his beautiful present. She held it out to him eagerly upon her open palm. The dull, precious metal seemed to flash with the reflection of her bright and ardent spirit. Isn't it a dandy, Jim? I hunted all over town to find it. You'll have to look at the time a hundred times a day now. Give me your watch. I want to see how it looks on it. Instead of obeying, Jim tumbled down on the couch and put his hands under the back of his head and smiled. Dell, let's put away our Christmas presents and keep them a while. They're too nice to use just at present. I sold the watch to get the money to buy your combs. <laughs> now suppose you put the chops on. The Magi, as you know, were wise men, wonderfully wise men, who brought gifts to the babe in the manger. They invented the art of giving Christmas presents. Being wise, their gifts were no doubt wise ones, possibly bearing the privilege of exchange in case of duplication. And here I have lamely related to you the uneventful chronicle of two foolish children in a flat who most unwisely sacrificed for each other the greatest treasures of their house. 
But in a last word to the wise of these days, let it be said that of all who give gifts, these two were the wisest. Of all who give and receive gifts, such as they are wisest. Everywhere they are wisest. They are the Magi. I really enjoyed um, reflecting on that story again yeah, and it's hearing a great it. Story. It really is. And one thing I noticed, we had the kind of luxury of recording the story, so we had to do it a few times. And each time, um, I just gleaned new things that I hadn't noticed before, mm-hmm. details. So if you get a chance, maybe read it through sometime. It's online. It's easy to find. Mm-hmm. And what beautiful choice of words mm-hmm. he gives mm-hmm. to the story. Oh, Henry just... Masterful. Oh, right? very mm-hmm. much so. I, 1905, I, he published that. Wow. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That is. Yeah, that it still stands. Mostly. I mean, there's some old-fashioned lingo and stuff, but... Mostly it stands. Mm-hmm. It does. Today. That's part of its charm. And the, the story itself, yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have a little gift for our listeners. Woohoo! <laughs> we're going to do, we're going to, we did a little arrangement of a traditional shaker song from the 19th century mm-hmm. called Simple Gifts. Yeah, we were reading that in its long form. The shakers considered it uh, an instruction for dance and for life. Mm, multi multi use or multi purpose mm-hmm. song. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it also um, appears in a beautiful set of songs by Aaron Copeland called mm-hmm. Simple Gifts. So you should definitely check that out as well. Yeah. So here's our just our little version. hope you enjoyed uh, the podcast this time and we just pray you have wonderful holidays and a happy new year yes enjoy your family enjoy your friends Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. a great time and when will we hear from each other again let's see we'll see you in 2022 (laughs) we'll figure out if you have any ideas you can always um, leave comments about what you want to hear us talk about or Yes, please Stories do. you want us to hear us read, songs you want us to do. So please comment, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and we'll all see that. You. Yeah, all of it. We'll right. be cooking something up. Yes. We'll see you soon. Yeah.